I'm Asan, and welcome to another 93-20 season review. It's the penultimate one, Mr. Lloyd Scrag. How are you, Lloyd? I'm good, I'm good. How are you, Asan? I'm very well, thank you, very well. Um, you're doing this alone today, mate. I've got no wingman, so I'll be cleaning cool myself at the end. Um, so yeah, it's your season review. It's your moment in the spotlight, as they say. Take it away. Cool, okay, so... I'm going to try and come at a slightly different angle to um, some of the other guys, try and cover a few different points. But like Stefan, um, yeah, I think you can only really start with with, with the summer and the summer's business. Um, and kind of like Stefan said, the two big flashpoints for me um, are obviously the fullback and the goalkeeping areas. Um, I think as, as the chickens kind of came home to roost, the decision not to sign a fullback, I think, was a massive mistake. Um I think we all knew it at the time. Obviously, we've seen these guys um, for years now and we've just known how imperative it, it is to, one, replace them, but two, for Guardiola's style of football. I think the last time we actually signed a fullback for any money was was Clichy in 2011. Um, obviously, we bought Sanya, but we got him for free. So that kind of shows you the complete um, lack of investment, really, in that area. Um for six years not to sign a single fullback obviously I think that was a huge error and kind of even though it's obviously retrospective that 15 million pound on Nolito although I think he kind of helped us into the beginning of the season um, and helped the, the kind of transition to Pep's style of play a little bit better because he understood from his Barca B days I think you know that 15 million probably could have been spent elsewhere um, and then the other one is obviously the goalkeeper Uh I've went on record quite a few times on the podcast. I was fine with getting rid of Hart. Um, have a little bit of an emotional connection to him because I quite quite like him as a guy. But um, the decision to replace him with Bravo obviously just really didn't work. That cost us massively um, in the first kind of six, seven months. Um, and then the other thing that I, I kind of wanted to mention, um, somewhere I think we got really lucky with recruitment was... Um, I think we were incredibly lucky that neither De Bruyne or Silva got a, a genuinely serious injury um, that was longer than a couple of weeks because in the system that we ended up pretty much playing for most of the season with the uh, number eights or tens, whatever you want to call them, both those two played over 3,000 minutes just in the league, um, close to 4,000 um, each uh, overall. So I think really we, we really got lucky there. Um, but yeah, on on the season as a whole, obviously I think we started fantastically. Um, I do think the early results were better than the performances probably warranted, um, but we were riding a bit of a crest of a wave. Um, really encouraged that quite a lot of the youth players got involved early on, um, playing Maffeo and Garcia and Angelino um, away at Swansea when we had that um, total football goal. I think Gail Cleachy scored with his right foot, which was a bit weird. Um and then obviously performance against United, I think that was, that's kind of been forgotten about a little bit. That was one of the best performances, obviously just the first half, that was one of the best performances I think I've seen from a City team. Um, and then, yeah, just to carry it forward slightly, I think then obviously the Spurs game is when um, the chickens really came home to roost with the with the fullbacks. And then we went on that, I think it was that run in kind of October, November that really that, that kind of swung it away from us um, when we squandered points against Everton, Saints, Middlesbrough. Um, yeah, I think that was a combination of our inability to finish teams off and then also the uh, really terrible defensive frailty like that Middlesbrough game. They only had one chance um, and they buried it. Uh, and that was a killer because we, we lost a lot of momentum there and that was when Chelsea came 
kind of came back for the surge. Um, then kind of like Marty uh, reference, I think even though I think Gundogan was really slow to start off and um, obviously that performance to get away at West Brom um, and then in the Barcelona game, I think he was really good. Kind of showed us exactly that fulcrum that we needed. And uh, as Marty said, to be like a kind of Tiago of this team, um, that I think that was a massive blow. But yeah, basically the three the three things I've broken down that I think cost us a title and the like three main themes I just want to go over quickly is um, Pep's slowness to react. I think that was a really big factor uh, and to adapt. Um, key moments and also um, our finishing. Um, I, and I, I understand what Stefan and Howard's I think definitely Stefan said about the defending being as much of a problem as the finishing. But for me, I think the finishing was probably more of a problem than the, the defending, even though obviously we were horrid at points. Um, yeah, the, the finishing, it, it, it was really weird because I was looking, did a bit of research and um, we, um, the kind of analytics guys had us down, we should have had a, between 15 and 20 more goals than... Um, we should have had just in the league purely from the like predicted goals um, analysis thing. And just, I mean, there are just too many to name, but the, we missed so many big chances, um, uncharacteristically so. Um, but I think a lot of that was really down to the massive over-reliance on Aguero. Um, we went into the season, obviously, just with just with him and Iheanacho. Iheanacho became quite, uh, he got phased out quite quickly. Uh, until Jesus came in, we didn't really have a secondary scorer. I think he ended up with seven, which was, I think, our, um, him and him and Iheanacho were second in our scorers list. So, yeah, that was a that was a big thing. And obviously, De Bruyne and Silva, even though they came back a little bit more towards the end, Silva especially, I think they didn't score nearly enough. Sterling's goal contribution dropped off. Um, Sane was really good, but then that that only came quite late. So yeah, I think I think the finishing was a was a massive thing. We created enough chances. I would probably say to win pretty much every game we played, apart from Spurs away, which we were terrible, and probably United away in the League Cup. I don't know if there are any others that you can think of that just come to the top of your head. But I th- I, my kind of thought was really that. In virtually every game, we created enough chances to win, and it wasn't like we ever really struggled to create the chances. Um, I, think, I think maybe there was a Palace game in there where where I felt we were. I think Guardiola may have referenced it a couple of times as well as being a game that we'd won that we maybe didn't deserve to win. Yeah, no, you're probably right. I just, I just, just the overall sense from like the sixty odd games that we played, I really felt that we we did enough to win pretty much all of them. Um, uh, so that's why for me I think it's, it was more the finishing um, and then yeah the two, other, the two other things I think the thing that initially cost us probably the title was Pep's speed to um, adapt and react I think he persisted far too long with that back three it clearly wasn't working um, I think Everton at home was probably the only game that it really worked and it, it kind of looked really good um, and then obviously the Leicester game was an absolute calamity with Zabaleta in this weird kind of central midfield right back hybrid role. Um, obviously that really didn't work. Um, but then the thing is, I, I do kind of commend Pep for coming around because I think the defending really did improve in twenty seven in twenty seventeen. Obviously, company in the last couple of months is a big factor in that. But I think if you look overall, I think Pep's kind of the speed with which it took him to kind of relinquish the principles which I didn't actually think he'd do but I think 
I think that it, that took a bit too long. That really cost us. Um, and then the third thing is just, I, I wrote this in um, my Observer thing at the end of the um, year, just the key moments. I think the margins were really fine this year and there were, there were so many just key moments where it really could have gone the other way. I mean, the De Bruyne goal was the obvious one, but think back to um, that push from Kyle Walker on Sterling. Um, that was clearly a penalty. Um, we would have won the game there. Liverpool at home, uh, we had so many chances to finish that game um, and that would have given us more to kick on. Aguero missed that chance, that volley from about four yards out. Um, Monaco away was another one where even though they they caught us on the hop in the first half, we, we, we still had it in us to kind of come back and again, I just thought when it really came down to it, we kind of bottled it. Um, Arsenal um, away and obviously Arsenal in the FA Cup as well. I think we were very much in both those games and again, fine margins, they just really got away from us, which is which is why I'm optimistic about next season because I think a lot of it was really, really fine margins, as frustrating as it was. It's just that with these players, I think we really should have turned a lot of the, most of those games I've just mentioned there. Um, but yeah, obviously... To, to kind of sum up, league, massive disappointment. Um, as everyone said on the pod, um, you know, you really, with, with the Cups, there's, a, there's an element of luck. And whilst the frustrating thing with the Cups was we we got really far into, obviously, the FA Cup. We we did, we put in a lot of legwork in the Champions League, um, beat Barca. Um, but again, just threw that away. But the, the league's the big disappointment because across the 38 games, um you know, there's there's nowhere to hide really, and your position is is deserved in the in the table. And the lack of a title challenge, I think, even though I don't know. Well, I know Paul doesn't want it to be called a transition season, but obviously in Guardiola's first season, I think that was nowhere near good enough. Um, and yeah, and then the last, just the last thing I want to touch on quickly is um, the youth. I think that's the only my only other disappointment from the from the season, and it kind of more carries on from um, the Pellegrini era, but. I don't really think you can separate the two exactly, even though obviously it is a different manager. But um, we really need to start getting getting it right with the academy. Um, we can't keep saying, you know, these guys are, you know, these guys, the next ones, they're going to be the ones. Um, I think Maffeo should have come through this season, had the opportunity to play Magate away against West Brom, didn't do that. I think that was a that was an error. And it's just difficult with young players. You, you never know how they can react and develop. And we really need a few in the squad. Um, and you, there are many examples across the league. I think Bellerin is a good one um, where Arsenal, similar to us, they had, a, um, they had a problem at right back. And they basically, Wenger fair, fair play to him, went for Bellerin. And from there, he just kind of exploded. And that's, that is what can happen. And Tom Davis is another good example. Um, and yeah, I think we really need to create a culture of pushing these guys through. Um, whether they're 100% ready or not, because I don't think you can ever be 100% ready. There's always a risk with youth players. Um, and my worry with that is I can't see it changing next season either. Um, and as good as Brahim, Sancho and Foden are, and I think they probably are the real deal, they're not going to feature next season apart from maybe an odd game in the League Cup. And I can't see anyone from from the youth, uh, from the academy playing or like properly featuring next season. So that's a bit of a worry for me um, because I think that's one of the tranches to why Guardiola's come in. But um, but yeah, uh, let's let's see. But yeah, that's um, that's that's it to wrap it up. Okay, okay. Um, 
I've got some questions for you, or some thoughts anyway. The first one, I'm curious. Could we have won the title if Guardiola had done something differently in the way that he managed the season? Um, I think probably not, but I think we would have been a lot, lot closer and I think we'd have sustained and we'd have gone much deeper with the league if Pep would have kind of cottoned on a little bit, uh, well, not a little bit, quite a lot quicker. Because um, we played a lot of games in um, after that Spurs game. Because I remember when Marty came on the pod, he said, um, OK, well, what you've seen in these first 10 games is going to be a step up um, in terms of complexity and tactics from uh, that international break in September. And that proved to be so. And I don't think the players are ready for it. Um, obviously, with retrospect, they weren't. Um, I'm not sure whether that in itself would have would have swung as a title. I, I don't think it was that. I think it was a big factor, but I don't think it was big enough to swing swing it back in our way. But I think it, if if that had happened, I think it really would have we would have sustained a much deeper uh, challenge. And you never know. Maybe from there, some of the some of the things like the um, you know the, the Liverpool at home game or the Arsenal away game or any of those or the Spurs game, maybe they could have swung if we had a bit more momentum. But I'd probably say no, but we'd have gone we'd have gone a lot stronger. Okay. Um, I'm jumping around a little bit between subjects. Forgive me. What do you think? Just quickly. It's difficult. No, because I feel as though most of for all of the kind of tactical conversations that that we've had in all the reviews, the reality still comes down to the fact that if you go and watch back all of those games, they all hinge on individual moments as well mm, as yeah. tactical moments. So it's not like, with the exception of Leicester, where we're, and even there, individually you can pick the players out, but there is that kind of overarching idea that I put to, to Perinau that he kind of agreed with, that, that the mentality was gone, that basically the players didn't believe by that point in that system and so it kind of fell apart. But kind of with that, that that game aside, for me, kind of comes back to that idea of if you're not good enough in both boxes, there's nothing the manager can do. So I, I appreciate that a lot of people, maybe somebody like Stefan will listen to that comment and go, well, come on, mate you know, defend a bit better. And if the strikers aren't scoring, be a little yeah. bit more solid and that kind of stuff. But no, like, I think that I, Guardiola's philosophy for me is not something that is kind of malleable or interchangeable with other philosophies. I think we've hired a guy who's got a very... Fun, specific idea. Yeah, a very specific idea of how to play. Now, even within that very specific idea of how to play, uh, this season with the limitations within the squad that we had, you have still said in your review, which I think is quite amazing, we've created enough chances to win almost every game that, that we've played. So for me, if you kind of couple that idea with the number of kind of catastrophic individual errors that we saw from the back four, um, yeah. I feel as though... No, like it yeah. just wasn't a tactical thing. It, it really is. As, I'm not trying to absolve Guardiola of blame. Yeah, but what I'm trying to say is that for me, I feel as though 
a lot of the reviews are focused on Pep and what he did and what he didn't do. And actually, I suspect that Pep and his team are looking at it and going, yeah, but you can't create 80-something clear-cut chances. And by clear-cut chances, I think they're literally talking about one-on-one with the goalkeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I see. I, that's the thing I was referring to. So, so if you, so if you're creating clear cut chances with with the goalkeeper, and they're coming, you know, thick and fast in every game, and the players just start burying them, well, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. You know, I, I guess that we'll see at the end of this transfer window. But my feeling is that what Guardiola said in a press conference two months ago or a month ago is going to resonate very loud at the end of the window when he said, when they said, you know, uh, are you working on it in training, talking about the finishing? And he just went, no, you can't coach that. You know, you buy goals. You don't coach goals. That instinct to finish is not, uh, you don't train that. You either players either have it or they don't have it and you buy it. And I think that, I think that that's what we'll see this summer in the in the two attacking players that we signed, I suspect that both of them will be clinical because I think that that's probably what Raz and Sane aren't, which puts far too much pressure on Aguero, Aguero and Jesus. And yeah, Jesus. Well, it's why it's why we've gone. I mean, it's why we've gone after Sanchez, isn't it? I mean, the, he's been made the number one target partly because of his mentality, and I think we need um, someone like that in the squad. But really, it's for it's for the extra goals because, um, as as I as I kind of outlined, like we really are reliant. We were so reliant on um, Aguero until Jesus came. We were, you know, I, I know you know Nelito and Ianacho chipped in with a few, but we, but yeah, I, I just think it kind of like you said, it, it it's not that thing isn't enough to um, Guardiola's tactical stuff. I don't think is enough to swing it back in our way. It's also um, the key moments slash slash like individual. Um, moments and then the finishing they're the three kind of themes for me that run throughout the season mm. do you um do you go along with the um with the idea that Jesus Sane and Sterling when those three played together that that's the future so I guess what I'm, I'm not trying to say that I'm, I'm I'm not asking you to pick between Jesus and Aguero I'm, I'm more thinking just about the evolution of the team and looking at the sort of the back end of last season and, and playing Jesus and Aguero together and how you think that compares or contrasts with earlier in the season when Aguero was out and it was Jesus, Sterling and Sane. I'm interested in that balance, basically, between those attacking players as it stands now. Um, I think I think it probably is. Um, and I think it took all of us by surprise how good Jesus was. I think we were all really excited about him, understandably, because of the, his form in Brazil and how he played with um, for the national team. But I think the immediate impact that he had, I don't think any of us really expected that. And those couple of games before he got injured away at Bournemouth, the football and the interchange, it was it was amazing, like genuinely ridiculous. That that game away against um, West Ham in the cup, uh, the way that Jesus was dropping off and also created the space for De Bruyne with that goal. I think that was like, after that, that was when he went on his massive um, goalless run again until he scored in kind of like April or May or whenever it was. I think it probably is the future, but then I think it's got to be tempered by the fact that 
if we're going to sign Sanchez, which seems like it could happen, definitely. Um, I'm very much a squad man. I'm not, not don't get these people um, saying, oh, you know, you can't have these many players. We're going to, as Sam has said many times on the podcast, we're going to need um, five proper, if not six, attackers. I think Sanchez could have a really big effect if he comes in on Sterling. I think, in particular, I think if I think Sterling could be start because Sterling played when he was available pretty much every game apart from that one little. Uh, stage kind of in March running through to April I think he played pretty much every game um, in terms of off the bench or coming on I think he might take a slightly inferior role I think Sane will be the one next season that we'll see um, kind of flourish more rapidly but yeah I think they probably yeah to come back to the question I think they probably are the future but again if someone like a Sanchez comes in I think obviously as much as it is a squad game, that guy is what 28, 27. Um, he's coming in to you know to start and to play. Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see how how they deal with that in terms of playing him on the right or um, moving Sane to the right or whatever. But I think it's probably Raheem will be the one, and I think most people would agree with that naturally that might um, drop a bit. The, the big, the really interesting thing will be the dynamic between Aguero and Jesus. Um, and how how those two kind of how the pecking order kind of comes to fruition with those. I suspect it'll probably be Jesus um, as a number one. But if we're going to keep Aguero, which looks like it's very much be the case, we're going to have to manage that obviously very carefully. But we should we should have enough games, and there'll be injuries that it should be okay. But I think that that's that for me. It'll be the really interesting one just to see whether I mean whether we could play both of them and play Sanchez. I mean I. I I, I doubt it, um, but yeah, which one kind of comes out on top from the from the from the beginning? Okay, um, sticking with the the subject of attacking players, uh, obviously you touched upon the uh, the way in which Kalechi seemed to be given a chance early on and then just kind of faded away. Are you disappointed in the way that Guardiola has managed him this season? Uh, I think. Kalechi's a difficult one. I think he's kind of symptomatic of how difficult it is to be come from an academy and be a mainstay in um, in this city team, given how how high the quality is of the squad now. Um, I think he was I think he was unfortunate a bit in the beginning of the season when Aguero was injured. I know he played away at Old Trafford, obviously scored and played pretty well, but I think Aguero was out for four games when he got. Um, when he got that second red card and Kelechi only played one. I can't remember who, who it was against, but it was like the worst of the four teams that we played and he had a bit of a stinker. And from there, he kind of just disappeared. And then he wasn't making benches um, pretty much from when Jesus arrived and when both Aguero and um, both Aguero and Jesus were fit. But it's a, it's a really difficult one, Kelechi. I'm not... not I don't know if disappointing is the right word. I think it's it's difficult because he's he's clearly Premier League quality and clearly a very good finisher, but he's not good enough to start for us at the moment or play, say, 30, 40 games because we've gone and signed pretty much one of the best young strikers in the world, along with um, Mbappe. Um, and then, obviously, we've got Aguero. So I think he's just a victim of, of very unfortunate circumstances. I, 
the disappointment for me was more in the beginning when there, when Jesus wasn't there and when we didn't have the options that maybe we did now with obviously Sane coming more to the fore. But yeah, I think it's, 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 he's more just been a, a really unlucky. Um, and I'm sure if he goes to West Ham or wherever, he'll do really well and bag loads of goals. Are you um, concerned by... How do I say this? Obviously, you touched upon the fact that Maffeo wasn't given a chance. We've talked about the way in which um, Kelechi's been handled this season. Are you concerned that a pattern is developing where big money signings usurp homegrown players or club-trained players? Or do you think that the golfing quality between the players we're signing or potentially could sign and the homegrown players is such that it's not important? Um, I, don't, I don't think it's the, the golf because to fill that golf, you never know. The only reason that these guys like Sane are as good as they are is because someone's given them a chance. For him, it was Schalke. And he blossomed ridiculously from nothing. I remember watching him in, I think it was 2014, when he played our um, under-19s in the Champions League. And he was quite clearly the best player on the pitch. But obviously, from there, within a year, developed to, developed ridiculously. I, I think we've got a real problem with the progression. I don't think there's, I don't think there's a path there. I, I don't think you could argue... Yeah, I really don't think you could argue that there is. Um, I think we could come unstuck over the next couple of years that we'll start to lose... Um, uh, I don't think Sancho, Foden, Brahim at this stage, but they're still so young, so it's hard to say. But I think we'll start to lose players of that quality unless we really show that there can that there's a genuine progression. Because that at first a player hasn't come through the academy in 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 Yonks, and I know that um, obviously a lot of other fans from other clubs they kind of beat us with the stick that oh you know you've had this you know shiny academy for for what is it now five years and you've still not produced anyone and the, the caveat to that obviously is you know it takes we've made an institutional change so it's going to take longer than five years but the thing is we we've still had good really good players in the academy throughout and I remember um back in like 2010 um when I, I did a uh I interviewed Jim Cassell where I did I did a bit of work experience at City and spoke to him about um the academy and like, yeah, it's just because obviously we won the FA Youth Cup in 2008. So I don't think there's necessarily been a lack of quality. It's just that we've not managed to give, give them the chance. And it kind of like I've had a discussion with Steve on many of these, um, on many of the youth podcasts. It really is a matter of, um, of giving them the opportunity because without that, you just don't know. And yes, it is a risk, but you've got to take that risk. And if we don't start taking the risk, players will see City as a fantastic school to come to and learn your trade, but then they'll just leave at 18 and they'll go to, they'll go to different places because we will, we probably do have the best facilities. We, along with Chelsea probably have the best coaching setup, but without the, without the path into the first team, you know, all it becomes is kind of a factory, which is kind of a little bit more, more of what Chelsea's become, but we really need to really need to sort that out. But yeah, for me, Maffeo is the big one because I think there are points in a season where, just naturally, things don't things don't go to plan. Both of our right backs were out. He played um, in a League Cup game, which was really kind of good fortune in that that came whilst they were out. So obviously he plays in that, and then it's obvious obvious to me 
that you play him away against West Brom and we played Fernando at right back. That really, that that was a real flashpoint for me. I think that really highlights the problem, and I, I do think it is worrying going forward. I think it's 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 not the it's not the golfing quality necessarily. There obviously is that, but I, I do think it's about internally us getting a plan together. Okay. Um... What do you think? Yeah, I I don't think that City are a weird club right now. I, I, I think that when I look at whatever corner of the club I look at at the moment, I, I feel like we're a weird club in a weird position because I feel like we we talk we talk up where we are and what we are, um, but there are still holes in in the project so to speak. Um, and I, I, I think that, you know, I, for example, I think the Maffeo thing is, is, uh, it's, it's, it's beyond a head scratcher. It, it, it's really like, you know, it's just, it's a worry. And then, it, so here's my thing. I don't actually care. Like for, on one level for me, uh, just playing devil's advocate for a minute, for, for example, had yeah. we won the Champions League or the Premier League this season, I dare say we wouldn't be having this conversation right now about in a season review about young players that have come through the academy. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, the the, the reason that I... I don't remember having this conversation in 13-14, at the end of 13-14, and I don't remember having it at the end of 11-12. Um, and I feel as though that's, that, that's something that... So I'm not talking about you here. Because I yeah, don't yeah, no, think I you take a very personal interest in, in the EDS. And I dare say that regardless of what we win, you'll always have an eye on that. But I think the global picture is one that if you're winning things, the big things, nobody's, you know, nobody's saying to Chelsea, how many kids did you play in your in your team that won the league this season? They brought Nathan Ake back from Bournemouth. And he didn't kick a ball. Do you know what I mean? And yeah, that was, was a shocker. And he was playing... Premier League football for the first half of the season. He's one of the standout performers in outside the top six. And then suddenly he goes back to Chelsea, he can't get a kick of the ball. So for me, I think there is there, there is that kind of shade of grey. My thing with the, if we're going to talk specifically about the academy and, and the season just gone, my thing is that it must be really complicated because in a way I'd like Guardiola to come out and go, listen, they're not good enough. None of them are going to get a game. But then he can't do that. You know, that'd be terrible for their morale. They've got yeah. to feel like there's, you know, Maffeo's got to go to Girona thinking that 18 good months there gets him into the Manchester City side. Exactly, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's... it's, it's the Maffeo for me is just, the, the reason it's annoying is I think he was, I think he's actually genuinely good enough and shown enough to play some Premier League games. I don't I don't do. think it would have been much of a risk with yeah, him. Totally. I think it would have been the easiest one to do this season. I think Patrick Roberts is a pipe dream. Um, I think that Denea would have been a little bit of a pipe dream. But I think Maffeo, the way that the the way that the cards kind of were dealt this season, it was perfect. And he should have been blooded. And he should have been given that. He should have he should have been given the opportunity to mess it up. Exactly. Of all the players and all the, you know, I feel he should have been given a, an opportunity to mess it up. Not, not even just because he came through the system, but 
just because we have no options left on the right-hand side. And because, I mean, ultimately, Perenau more or less said that Guardiola changes tactics and shape, not because he's seen something in the opposition, but because he's seen something in his own fullbacks, which makes him think he can't trust them. So he wants to play with three at the back. If that's the case and that's not working, give Maffeo a chance. He's there. He's right back. He's played for you. He's not completely embarrassed himself. I show a bit of faith. But anyway, um, we could we could go on about that for forever. Um, just to to wrap up, are you when when you look at next season, sitting here today, even before the business that we've done, how confident are you when you when you look at when you look at where where we fell down in the season just gone? How confident are you that that can be rectified and that we can mount a title challenge next season? Um, I'm very confident, to be honest. Um, this will <laughs> could get replayed at some point uh, if things go a bit awry. But as I kind of detailed before, um, I think it was a lot of fine margins in key moments. Um, and that, those kind of things, for me, it's just it's just a bit more of a flick of the switch kind of situation than it is um, engendering huge change. I think Guardiola has kind of done a lot of the groundwork and there'll basically be a really big base for us to build off. Um, the attacking play, I think, you know, we were amazing at times last season, but I only think there's a, there's another kind of 5 or 10% to go. Um, and with the players that, I mean, we've already got Bernardo Silva, but the players we're bound to get, and the likes of Sane, um, even Aguero, Jesus, having more time under Guardiola, I just don't, I just can't see it being a problem. I think he's the year that he spent um, in the Premier League has been a massive learning curve. I think he's been humble enough to admit that towards the end of the season, which I liked. Um, but yeah, I, I'm 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 really confident because I just do I I just do think at, at, at moments it was really close and there were so many games where if we'd have just had a bit more about us and basically just put our foot you know stamped on the neck a bit more like I said Monaco away the FA Cup semi final um, the Spurs game the Liverpool game the United game at home there were so many games where we're in the game the game's there for us to take and we just don't take it and I think. Next year, um, with the base that Guardiola's built off and the players that we're inevitably going to bring in, which sounds like fantasy football, which is great. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't think it will. It it should be too difficult to go up that of a notch. Obviously, you know, we'll we'll have there'll be massive external factors. We don't know how anyone else is going to do. Um, but yeah, I'm expecting a really strong season next season and anything less than a very serious title challenge would be a massive disappointment, I think. Okay, wonderful. Fair enough. Um, Lloyd, thank you very much. Absolute pleasure. Good to get it off my chest. <laughs> I'm glad you got it off your chest. Uh, thank you to everybody who listened. Uh, one review left, and that's mine, which we will do in the next uh, day or two. In the meantime, as always, if you like what we do, go to iTunes, go to your podcast app, Hit subscribe, send us a tweet, go and visit our website, 9320.com. We will be back very soon with another pod. Cheers.